Hello and welcome to episode 106 of Inside AgriTurf, and I'm your host, Chris Biddle. UK farming rarely gets an opportunity in a unified and non-partisan way to talk about and demonstrate how British food and drink is produced. Free farming is now utilising exciting state-of-the-art technology, whilst fully engaged in caring for the countryside in this era of heightened environmental standards. The next month, it will have a major presence at New Scientist Live, described as the world's greatest festival of ideas and discoveries. The event will be staged at London's Excel Centre over three days, the 7th to the 9th of October, the last day being a school's day. Here, UK agriculture will showcase the industry with a large presence amongst the latest science and technological developments in space exploration, transport, healthcare, oceanography, and much, much more. 50 speakers across four stages, including many well-known names, will talk the talk, and they will be supported by dozens of hands-on, innovative, and immersive practical experiences for visitors. So to tell me more about the event, I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Eccleston, Commercial Director at Farmers Weekly, a key partner in the event, and by Kit Franklin from Harpy Adams University, one of the speakers. Anna, uh, welcome. What's your role at uh, Farmers Weekly? What sort of events do you get involved in? Thanks, Chris, and delighted to be here. Thank you. So, yes, I, I uh, work for Farmers Weekly. I head up our commercial business there, and I, I lead on um, several fairly significant projects that we've launched uh, for the industry. Um, I won't go into details about many of them because I know we're here to speak about specifically one, which is a collaboration with the huge science festival, New Scientists Live. Um, and this, the objective for this partnership is for us to reach an audience outside of agriculture to promote um, all of the great and good and the reality of British modern agriculture to New Scientist Live's visitors. But no doubt we'll, we'll touch on that shortly in terms of why New Scientist and their audience and bits and pieces. Indeed. And, and Kit, uh, welcome again. Now, many people will know you from the uh, high-profile hands-free project at, at Harper's. Uh, so well, what are you engaged in at Harper's at the moment? What's your role there? Uh, so my current role, Chris, is uh, I'm now entitled as Senior Engagement Fellow and doing lots of outreach and knowledge exchange, trying to put the sort of similar to what Anna just said, trying to, to, to make people, the wider population, politicians, uh, legislators, anyone who will listen, uh, trying to, to tell people about how high tech and, and modern agriculture is and try and break down some of the myths around sort of, you know, uh, yeah, chewing straw. Um, so that's that's what I try and do, really. So any excuse to get up, engage with wider population, or as I say, politicians and legislators is, is what really my role is now. I'm still involved with Hands Free. The project uh, is still ongoing in in various forms. We just completed harvest on our strip cropping trial, where we had uh, different crops grown next to each other. So we had two meters of wheat, two meters of barley, two meters of beans repeated, um, and we. We just managed to harvest that and successfully, and the technology will work really well. So hopefully that should lead to some maybe some further projects in that area, looking at sort of regeneration and things like that. So I still have a little bit of a link to that practical work, but but the bulk of my work now is yet yeah, trying to spread the word. 
when I with this very important science event, I, I get the sense, Anna, that farming is taking and farming and food production is taking a, a, a greater center stage this year. Is that the case? Have you been involved in this event before in a major way? And and were you approached or did you have to pitch for it? How did it come about? Delighted to share a little bit more and, and forgive me, I'm very passionate about this project and I can go on about it a little bit too too much. Uh, but and I'll try not, to try not to waffle. But uh, but no, this collaboration was formed back in 2019, pre-COVID. It came about following a number of conversations and roundtable discussions I was hosting with employers across the industry. Farmers Weekly at that time was trying to find out uh, really how we can support employers in the industry to to recruit and retain staff. And I'm going to shorten it down quite quickly to say at one of the roundtable events, one of the employers there said to me, it's wonderful that Farmers Weekly are trying to help us to anarchy, but how do we reach people outside of agriculture? And because really we, we need to bring fresh blood in with this is tremendously skillful. It's so diverse um, and we do need to bring in more people from diverse areas, urban areas. How can we spread the message? And it was at that point what I said, I know about this festival. Many years ago, I worked for New Scientists uh, for a number of years. And I'd already had dinner, actually, with my, my good friend, who's the sales director of New Scientists Lives, Jackie McCarran. And I'd already had a discussion with her about there's, there's something here with our industry, with the farming industry and agriculture. How about we bring it to New Scientists Live in the, in the well, I was going to say heart of London, but London Excel. Uh, back in 2019, around about 40,000 visitors over four days. And what if we were to build an immersive, active, you know, hands-on feature to not only in, infuse, inspire, educate the visitors about the variety of careers on offer across the industry, but to challenge the wide, widespread misconceptions about the industry. You know, they're, they're a very well-read, very curious, intellectually-minded audience and actually a very good audience for our industry or for, for our, our partners to engage with, to maybe re-educate, maybe, maybe help them think differently. And so we did that. We did that in a very short period of time. Back in July 2019 is when I first met Kit because we hosted a very um, kind of intimate focus group meeting with a handful of, of potential prospective organizations that were going to help bring us to life. And, uh, and that was yeah July. And then the show was in October 2019. We were bookended. We had a large kind of footprint at the show. We were bookended by John Deere, uh, HRX Tractor, and a class Tucano combine with lots of uh, different interactive activities in the middle. The Agritech Center supported it, Syngenta, Paul Predham's University were there in a huge way. And, you know, given that it was put together in a very short period of time, we, we really nailed it. We were voted in the top three uh, most popular features there. And just to, to put the context to that, we're there alongside a big moon installation, a fighter jet from BAE Systems, the Tempest, where people could sit in there, VR roller coasters, the hospital of the future. And there you've got foaming right slap bang in the middle of it. And we went down a storm. So we, we built a great proof of concept, I suppose. Can we do this? Can we, can we get it to London? Can we engage with the audience? And they were by far and away kind of blown away, really, by, by how, how great we work. And then, of course, the pause button was pressed. 
And I, 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 I just jump in as well, and just kids. literally two words to say that there was the school day as well. So there was a whole day where it was just school kids yeah. coming onto the stand, and they were loving it, really engaging. Couldn't you know, blown away by the size and scale of what a combine is. Looking at a robot milker, you know. So we had you know inner city London kids yeah. on a stand talking about agriculture. It was brilliant, yeah. and they did a great job. And actually, no one knew what a combine harvester was. I say no one. Many people, even you know, not only on the schools day, but the public days where families predominantly are the audience they didn't know what a combine harvester was chris um, and so no. it, it starts you from scratch but then relating that to food production what ends up on people's plates and and it, and it was brilliant and if you of course yes the, the event still has a school stay which is a big big part of the reason why we we feel that it's still the right event for us to take farming to and i guess also Anna, that it, it gives an opportunity for all the branches of agriculture whether it's engineering Yes, livestock and so on to yeah. actually come together because they all run their separate events and different shows and events. Yeah, um, but it is one central focal point when let, let's call it food production because actually that's kind of what it's about linked to uh, the environment, of course. So it is the opportunity to bring everything together, isn't it? It really is, um, and this is this the, the key line I use is that we, we're working together as a collective. We have far much far more power than any individual kind of organization exhibiting there on their own. So we are, we are the largest exhibit at New Scientist Live. And yes, it's not yeah. just about the, the land-based engineering sector. I mean, Harper Adams are our lead education partner and are supporting from a, a number of their different um, departments. Their vet school is working with us this year, uh, be, building a 3D skull or making 3D skulls. So their School of Sustainable Food and Farming is supporting it as well. Rothamsted Research has supported it every time. Um, I will add, we returned to London last year, October 2022, and obviously we're returning again this year, next month. Um, Royal Agricultural yeah. University, the University of Essex, KWS, the seed breeder are there engaging the audience by doing actually a DNA extraction exercise. And while they do that, they're talking about the DNA and science genetics in wheat. And again, it, it was you know tremendously successful last year. But it's just helping the young people there, their parents, their grandparents, carers, professionals, retirees, even understand more about the STEM in agriculture. The fact that it is a STEM industry, and that's why we're doing it. And of course, there is a, a, a very important and influential and uh, impressive range of speakers. Uh, and- uh, I suppose that the concept of it is is these formal presentations by uh, a range of speakers plus the hands-on type of experiences. Kit, uh, you're you're one of the key speakers. I see that uh, you're following Alice Roberts, who a lot of people know from uh, TV on, on stage. Uh, what's your particular focus for your paper going to be? So really, just exploring the ideas around you know ag engineering and ag tech, uh, and trying to essentially. I haven't written it yet, yeah. me being me, but, but the, the large, large, largely the way they'll go, Chris, is we'll, we'll, we'll start with sort of baby steps, introduce sort of current mechanization, but also pushing that. So probably talk about, you know, robotic weeding and selective, you know, uh, you know, the sort of robot, uh, Garford Roboho and that sort of product. I'll talk about that and say, look, you know, this already exists. This is not the future. This is in fact, it's 10, 15 years old. Um, so I always like to do that because that really surprises people. Um, in fact, last year on the stand, we had a Garford Roboho demonstration, again, which is just brilliant. So engaging for, for people passing by the stand. So 
we'll start there and then obviously I'll, I'll lay out some of the challenges of agriculture to come in terms of you know trying to meet net zero whilst also maintaining high nutritious food output um and talk about you know how that leads into to the to potentially the greater use of uh, of technology for very precision application and looking at robotics and, and handsbree and all the things i do and I plan to finish by using some good case points around some of the, the, the machines that have already come to market. So the likes of the farm droid, where there's already, you know, 15 to 20 in the UK now, I think, in field commercially operating. So, you know, the audience is not going to have a clue that there's robots in the field in the UK commercially operating. So I'm going to tell them that. So that, that's the sort of plan, lay out where we are now, where we're going in the future, but also highlight the fact that the future's kind of already happening. So that, that's, that's the plan. Again, just going back to previous years, I, I, I was lucky enough to speak in 2019, wasn't it? I think, yes, type like, uh, and I think the audience was, I would say, roughly four to 500 people, I believe, in the room. Um, and again, uh, seemed very well received by uh, those in the room when it came off, had lots of questions and, and conversations. That was great. And then in the, in the COVID years, we were, well, again, Anna did a great job of organizing an online edition of the, of, of the agriculture section of, of UC Sciences Live. And that actually gave me my biggest ever audience. So I, I sat in my office speaking to a camera and I had no idea who I was talking to or how many people. Uh, and apparently the, the number topped out at about 1,030 uh, 1, people logged in to hear me talk, which I had no idea. I was just sat in my office on my own, babbling away to my camera as, you know, like I do. So. Yeah, it's been a, you know, it really is a remarkable place and initiative to engage with such a, a wide group of people. And I think, you know, as I say, Farmers Weekly heading it up since the very start, they've done a really great job. Um, you know, to be honest, you know, new scientists for welcoming us and, 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 and getting us there and, and actually starting to appreciate that, that agriculture is science and it is just as important as moon landings and, and jet fighters. You know, it, you know, great. It's brilliant. Do the organisers reveal to you or give you any information on what the uh, what the visitor profile is? I mean, where do they come from? The school stay probably speaks for itself. I guess their children are taking STEM subjects, but uh, what's, what's the visitor profile? Yeah, it's yeah. The school stay, as you mentioned, Chris, it's you know typically secondary schools. They get a very small handful of primary schools, but it's your key stage. Two, three, four. So those are you know, just about to take GCSEs, doing GCSEs and A levels, and thinking about careers choices. And we're swarmed by them. I mean, last year there were around about six and a half, seven thousand school children on the uh, on the schools day. And and actually, one thing I will say about that that New Scientists Live have a big widening participation strategy, so that a lot of schools uh, and students who they term as kind of almost underprivileged in science are put on bursaries and, and, and really encouraged to go there. And I know they're doing that again this year. And they are actually, have, they, they're applying a widening participation approach to the weekends as well. So people that wouldn't necessarily be able to afford to go to New Scientist Live. It isn't a cheap day out, but it doesn't stop people from going. However, they are going to widen it up this year. And I know they're going to make a thousand tickets available on the Saturday and the Sunday um, to people that wouldn't otherwise be able to go, which is fantastic. Typically, the demographics are, you know, 50-50, but slightly more as you heavier weighted towards female, which is fantastic for us. So I think it's 
something like 55% towards female, even, even edging kind of towards 60%, which is great. Um, it's predominantly families. It's a family day out. It's your, you know, new scientists. I mean, the magazine, the publication has been around since 1956. And I only know little bits about it because obviously I worked for it for so long. But it's your, you know, your, your kind of geeky new scientist. And that's no disrespect. I use that a very warm title. Audience that are curious about science, the planet, innovation, technology, what's happening, how, how, uh, uh, technology and science is working towards solutions towards climate change. And, and, you know, so it's, it is, you know, that's your very traditional new scientist reader, visitor. So you, you'll get a group of people that are retirees there and people predominantly go along to the talk. So Kit's absolutely right to say four to 500 people. There's four different stages there around the edges of the hall. And, uh, and I've got no sh- doubt at all that Kit's talk will be just as popular as it was back in 2019 and at the virtual event in 2020. Someone even asked for your autograph in 2019, Kit, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It was great. It's slightly embarrassing. <laughs> I, can understand, I, I can understand asking Alex Roberts for an autograph, but maybe not me. No, no. You went down a storm. You went down a storm. So families, it's a family day out. And, and again, one of the key reasons why we work with them, other than the fact that, yes, there is a legacy there, there is a relationship um, that I have. And it wasn't just myself that used to work for them. Our previous editor, Carl Schneider, used to work with New Scientists as well. So when he was still in post at Farmers Weekly in 2019, we very much worked together to get to the influencers. So we are, we are there to get to young people, people with transferable skills. But for those particularly things about the school's day, people going home and saying, this is what I've seen today. You know, what, what are the chances that pe- parents will encourage their child to go into, oh, I really want to go into land-based engineering, or I really want to go into kind of science and, and look at kind of um, plant breeding, etc. They might think, oh no, but what else did you see? You know, was Rolls-Royce there? Was BAE, or was Formula One, etc., etc. And I think it's so important why we're there for the whole event is to get to people that have formed opinion that would necessarily, that could kind of poo-poo any ideas coming out from their children, grandchildren about coming into the industry. So we are there predominantly to, to kind of influence the influencers as well as get to that all important young audience. Well, sorry, Chris, there's a chance to speak to teachers, you know, yeah. on the school's day. Who comes with the school kids? The teachers come with the school kids, yeah. you know? So that's a really yes. great opportunity. So do you think that your purpose at the uh, New Scientist Live is, is, is one to inform and educate on one hand and and maybe act as a careers fair as well in each equal yes, measure? Without a doubt. While it started as a careers initiative, following on from those early, early days conversations around careers and how we can help with employment and recruiting and retaining staff, I think it was from having been there in 2019 and realised the extent of the conversations that can happen and take place on the stand as part of the exhibit. And I say stand, we, we occupy 380 square meters. So it's very, very large footprint, but people come and have a conversation. So everything that all of our partners are doing is a conversation starter. So whether that's queuing to get into the, the agco forager that they're bringing this year, they're bringing a forage harvester or whether they're queuing to get into John Deere's 8RX or farming simulator, three-way kind of multi-screen setup that we're going to have this year or coon seed drill and having learning about that fertilizer spreader and aea are supporting this as well 
with their We Are Land-based campaign. You know, everything that they're going to do are conversation starters to then the depth of conversation that follows. Um, and they, and people are curious, you know, people ask questions. And I'll never forget a LinkedIn post by one of the visitors that attended last year with their family. She'd taken a photo of her son, who must have been six or seven, with Chris Wiltshire from John Deere and one of his colleagues, saying, thank you so much for talking to my son and answering all these questions. And, and Chris spoke to me afterwards and said, probably talking for 20, 25 minutes. And her post said, hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll join you in the future innovation. And, and again, that I couldn't have said it better or, you know, written it myself. It was absolutely perfect. So that's exactly why we do it. So careers, absolutely. But being there and having these conversations, understanding that people are very well read and have very strong feelings about the, uh, about the sector from a GHG point of view, carbon emissions. And, and then it, it's, it's us being there. So actually we have a tagline to our exhibit this year. It's, it's the future of food and agriculture, but feeding the world sustainably so that we can really try and put the messaging across that actually we're working towards the planet's climate with solutions rather than we just, you know, we account for all of the problems. And looking at the lineup uh, of uh, the hands-on experiences, I, I mean, you've got sustainable food and the farm of the future. And, and for this particular podcast, I was particularly interested and delighted to see that uh, the AEA and Agri and, and BAGMA, of course, uh, were actually combining under the We Are um, Lab Based Engineering label, which is uh, really something they've been trying to, 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 to do and, and, and explain what land based engineering is. So, I mean, that, from this podcast point of view, it's a particular good thing to, 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 to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it is. And Ruth Bailey and I have been talking for years, actually, and she's been very, very passionate about this initiative. I'll never forget, we, we had a, a meeting for an hour scheduled in Peterborough. I think it was January 2020, so just after the initial events. And it lasted for two and a half hours, really, really enthused uh, to do it. But I think from their point of view, it was very difficult to get involved until they had something more tangible, something to actually bring. While they were very much in support of the machinery manufacturers kind of working with us, it was very difficult for them to actually kind of join and take part and take almost a lead on it until they had something, which is now, of course, we are land-based initiative, which is fantastic. So their role at the show will be to try and bring the, the, the land-based engineering, the machinery side of things together. They're going to be very kind of centrally placed and actually going to do a knowledge trail around the different pieces of kits and, and stuff that's going on. And also it is to explain what land-based engineering yeah. actually is, of course, which is, I think, one of their challenges. But that, that's great to see them involved. And at other partners, you've got ICO, as you said, you've got John Deere. So you have got a range that spans agriculture. And, and you've both obviously got a you know, post-show uh, kit. Your, your, your role is not only internal at uh, Harper Adams, but, but you've all also, as you said earlier, got an external role in explaining to, to, to influencers what your uh, what agricultural engineering is and does and benefits the, the, the general public. Uh, how do you follow up post-show what I'm hoping sure will be a very successful event? Well, I think, to be honest, it's, it's about trying to get people through that uh, we are land-based sort of channel where you know if you go onto the website with that you've got you obviously get 
directed to the different sort of lines of career and education and et cetera. So I think from an engineering perspective, um, I think it's all about trying to channel people to, to leave the show and hopefully log into that website and, and, and maybe find their way onto the, the Harper Adams uh, website is, you know, being slightly partisan, I would say. That's the hope from me. You know, obviously I'll put all of our links when I, when I give my talk, I will put, put my, the, the hands for a YouTube channel up on the screen and hope that people maybe find their way onto some of our extra content and things like that. Because ultimately what we want is, you know, in, in a sense, and, and this is a challenge for any live event, it, it's very easy to engage someone for five minutes while they're there, but, but it's that hoping that people come back and re-engage. So, so I think it's, you know, we've really got to, 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 to shout about the resources that are available post-show whilst we're there. I hope people re-engage once they leave. But, you know, for me, it's being slightly realistic. You know, we're not expecting everyone to come on the stand. He's going to become an agricultural engineer or a, or a crop reader or whatever. It's just about getting the message yeah. that farming is a positive thing up there in terms of its technicality, up there in terms of its importance with, you know, space exploration and, um, you know, Formula One cars and things like that. that but the, the nuclear, there's, a, there's a nuclear stand all about, you know, how, how do you deactivate nuclear power plants and things. So yeah. there's this really hard, high science, technical stuff. And as I said earlier, we're put on the same level as it. And that, and that for me is just so important. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and Anna, what, what, what constitutes a successful event for you? One thing before I answer that question, the other follow-up, we recognize this year, as we always have, but we've done something about it this year, that a three-day event is a three-day event. We have a wonderful time there. You know, it feels like every single visitor comes past us. And that kind of, that kind of answers kind of part of the question you've just asked. But we wanted to do something more this year. And so actually new scientists have launched a microsite for us. So absolutely, it's important so that people go to the We Are Land-based website following this. So we're going to have lots of kind of QR codes and bits and pieces on the stand to drive people to find out more. But it's almost like the so what, you know, so what do I do with it now? So new scientists launched uh five or so months ago, um, Future of Food and Agriculture uh, microsite, where it's populated with content from all of our different partner organizations, whether it's kind of articles that consumers can read about science, tech, environment, engineering things, or whether it's kind of STEM-based careers-related stuff and educational resources are on there as well. So new scientists have been actively promoting this website to their audience. So it's not just a three-day event. So that's what, and then, we, you know, looking at the traffic coming through to that and understanding a bit more about the different um, people that have been looking at that site will be one thing, but that will just be a continuation until, you know, and we'll look to review it after the event and then go into next year. We'll no doubt, I, I'm sure we'll return again in 2024 with that website kind of always there, kind of supporting it, supporting your activities face to face. It's really, really good that people can find out more information. But what constitutes a successful event? Well, happy partners for me. I am, you know, I, I project manage this and it's so important. And again, it is, you know, a very kind of handheld approach to make sure that we absolutely nail it. I, I will add that obviously I do this on behalf of Farmers Weekly, but Farmers Weekly, there's not, there's not a massive reason why Farmers Weekly need to be or any reason to why Farmers Weekly need to be at New Science Society because of course our audience are farmers. And while we do invite our audience to come along through a ticket giveaway, 
typically, you know, that, that we're not going to sell any subscriptions or, you know, talk too much about followers weekly at Facilities Live. However, it is our responsibility to do this. This is very much under our advocacy strategy because we are in a very, very well-placed position to bring together different parts of the industry across the supply chain, across, you know, again, think about the educational side of things to work together. Where do you see John Deere and Agco almost hand in hand, right next together, working towards the same goal? Nowhere else, nowhere else. And this initiative has really led them almost to kind of partner up and think, actually, we've got to address this. John, and I will have to get, they don't, and they say to me all the time, they're not doing, John Deere don't do it because they're John Deere. They do it because it's the right thing to do for the industry. Same for Agco, the same for Coon Machinery, same for Garford last year who supports this, you know, Different partners have different objectives. You know, from a university point of view, I know it's very, very important to get some students. Student acquisition is a key measurement for Harper, for RAU, for Essex University that are working with us, um, and general all-round awareness. So success is kind of pe- making sure that all of my partners are happy, which they have been to date. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Glad to hear it. So there are lots of lobby groups, anti-farming mm. groups, anti-meat, livestock, and uh, the way we manage the land. How do you address those sort of questions? Because they will be influencing these people and visitors. So uh, how much do you build in a rationale for farming and the way farming is going? It's, it's a really good point and one that we were slightly nervous about before our first time there in 2019 when one of the uh, the agri-tech centres were supporting us. So, And I remember a conversation with Lindsay Chapman, um, Centre of Innovation Excellence in Livestock, previous CEO, saying, Anna, do the team need to be really well equipped to have conversations? Are there going to be kind of lobbyists and anti-farming people there? And actually, the way we handle it is is make people aware that that could happen. They might come up against some challenging questions. I'll never forget the story from actually one of the girls from CL that said to said to shared a story afterwards. Said I had somebody come up to me and said, "I hate paraphrasing. I hate farming. I hate everything about farming. This is what you're doing." And she said after a ten minute conversation with her, she walked away from us, congratulating us for for the work that we're doing. And I think so while. You know, we will have across the stand probably any day there will be around 50 people working on there across the different kind of activities. And as long as they're all aware, which they will be, of all of the activities going on across each partner part, and that they might come up against some challenging questions, then they just need to be prepared. Everyone's very nice. We haven't, we haven't had any terrible experiences and it is just words. And as long as they're confident enough to any, kind of tackle any challenging questions, actually is that opportunity that we wouldn't have if we weren't there to actually address you know, some challenges, some misconceptions perhaps, or actually some true statements that then they can actually give another side to. So it's all for me, it's all about being there. Yeah, the, the audience is, is, is science by name and, and, and generally, therefore, they're people who are open to evidence and open to, to hear evidence. So, you know, we're not going to talk to a huge room of, of, of absolute activists it's it's people who are engaged in science so yeah they might walk on the stand and i certainly had this a few times with maybe a bit of a negative view of agriculture and what it's doing to the world but they're willing to listen hear our side hear the evidence we have to offer and actually engage in a really positive conversation so you know it, it's not like talking to brick walls i i, yeah. I certainly haven't experienced that 
indeed. And uh, Kitch, you haven't written your uh, your paper yet. I, I guess it's it's uh, it's all right on the night is the uh, is the phrase. But I know that you're a good communicator, so uh, he always I'm nails sure it. Nails it. And look, I, I really do thank you both for your inspiration today. I've learned an awful lot that. Uh, uh, I didn't pick up from the website, and 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 I'm sure that uh, farming is changing. I mean, that's uh, evidenced by your campaigns about transitioning farming within the Farmers Weekly. So uh, there is huge change going on, not not only in science and technology, but in farming practices and so on. And I guess that will be uh, reflected within in this event. Uh, so, Kit, will uh, what's next for you? What just just more of the same, or or uh, any other projects on the horizon? Um, yeah, a bit more of the same. It's still, you know, every every week I've got more diary entries coming up for the coming months to give talks and go down to London and talk to people. And um, yeah, uh, I'm off, off to America actually, Chris. Off to America to, to work with the university university there for for a week. The Mississippi State University is launching a uh, an agrobotics sort of center initiative. Um, so I'm going to go the week they launch that and, and, and work with them a little bit and, and, you know, sort of get across the pond. So that, that's the next for me at the moment. Oh, great. Uh, and Anna, this is obviously a major project for you within in, in your, your, your sphere. What's next on the agenda for you? Is there any big events, events coming up that you're going to be involved in? Well, again, you mentioned transition that- there, Chris. And yeah, I, I, I lead that project at Farmers Weekly to a tremendously important project for the industry. Uh, at the end of this month, we have our next transition event, which is a farm walk at Rothamsted Research's North Wick Farm Platform in Oakhampton in Devon. So we'll have a lot of farmers and our transition partners there. This Sunday, we've got our final of Britain's Fittest Farmer at Tom Kemp's Farm Fitness Farm in Essex. So um, again, that that should be absolutely brilliant. So that's a final after lots of different qualifier events at uh, the Royal Shows over the summer. And our Farmers Weekly Question Time at Series Events return next month. So we uh, we launched this at the beginning of this year and uh, and actually had our very first one in February at Harper Adams University. And we're getting around to different parts of the country from October onwards. So so that's happening too. Well, thank you both very much indeed. And can I wish you both and, and the whole team and, and, and all your partners a very successful event at uh, New Scientist Live. Uh, I've no doubt we will hear a lot about is it available uh, online? Do you know afterwards are, are some of the presentations recorded? Obviously, you can't replicate hands-on experiences, but uh, some of the speakers. Do, do you know what sort yeah. of follow-up there will be? By there will be on demand, absolutely. So, so Kit's talk, um, along with all of the others, will be available on demand afterwards. And and then I don't know. I'm hoping last year they did do a video from across our stand, which they put on the on demand on demand platform as well. So I'm hoping they'll do the same. Either way, we re- we make our own short video about our time there as well. So I can always share that um, once that's kind of been edited after the event as well. So, um, But again, tickets are available. If anyone listening would like to come along and, and actually see us at the show, please feel free to reach out to me. And, and we should also say that I'm not the only agricultural speaker taking a slot on the, the main stand either. So Tom uh, McMillan from the Royal Ag University is talking all about the future of meat so there you go chris that that, that yeah. that's he'll, he'll have far more uh maybe far more pushback than i get talking about tech than uh, robots but but yeah it's, it's not just me we've got we've got presence on the actual speaking stages on both the saturday and the sunday of the event which is really great
when it all sounds very exciting. So again, I'll, can I wish you all the best? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll go down a storm with all those that are there. And uh, I look forward to seeing all the results. And uh, best of luck to, to, to both of you and your team, as I said. And thank you for participating in this, this podcast. Lovely. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Apart from New Scientist Live been a brilliant event for inquiring minds wishing to know more about life, the universe and our place within it, here is a wonderful opportunity for land-based engineering to showcase its role and hopefully convince aspiring engineers and scientists that it is worth more than a second look when considering a future career. The links to the event and the partners are in the show notes to this episode. I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me. And this is Inside Agritech.